This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hi guys, welcome again to today's show. My name is Eric Suma and today I have a very impressive guest. Uh, his name is Moses Muthui, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at ABSA. I'll let Moses uh, introduce himself before we jump into the questions. Well, thanks Eric. Uh, happy to join the conversation. Uh, uh, I look after strategy for ABSA Bank in Kenya, as well as I'm finance director for the Corporate and Investment Banking Division within ABSA Kenya. Very glad to be here for for conversation. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, thank you, Moses. So uh, let's quickly jump into the numbers. APSA recently released their Q1 financial performance, which was quite impressive uh, in such a very tough uh, tough period. Looking at the numbers, uh, there was a lot of positives. Uh, from where you see, does this give an impression that the economy has begun to to bounce back to where it was? Thanks for the question. I think we are pleased with our quarter one results. Uh, we saw our profit after tax go up 24%, driven by a number of things. But you know, the most important element is the fact that our underlying business is growing. Our balance sheet is growing, our income is growing. Uh, and because of the actions we've taken on the capital management side, mm-hmm. our return on equity was uh, 20% in quarter one. That's way above our cost of capital of 15%. Mm-hmm. So value creative as a Q1 and we hope that momentum continues. We're also very pleased with our efficiency ratio. Mm-hmm. Our cost to income ratio is at 46%, the lowest it's been or the best it's been uh, over the last decade. Mm-hmm. I think what's unique about our results this year, which has been a challenge for us the last three years, was the convergence between our published results and our normalized results. Mm-hmm. With separation behind us and separation expenses behind us, that convergence is something we've always waited for. We, we believe from now onwards, uh, we'll see a very good published performance for our business. And no normalization, I think that's now behind us. I think your question around what this means, mm-hmm. And the signs we see in the macro space, mm-hmm. it's very early days to celebrate a recovery in terms of economics. Mm-hmm. We obviously have a medical crisis that has translated to an economic crisis, uh, which is showing some signs of financial crisis. And it's very early days until the point where we see universal vaccination, as we are seeing in other nations across the world. Uh, it's very early days for us to say that the economy is reeling back. However, I think the signs are there that with with the relaxed measures around lockdowns, uh, with some activity around tourism, you've seen charter flights uh, from Europe into the country. With business environment generally beginning to open up, uh, those are some, some early signs, Eric. The way I'd characterize this is like, you know, when you're driving down a road mm-hmm. at high speed, 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and you ca- you come into the apex of the corner, uh, you slow down to make sure that you don't you don't topple over, right? Mm-hmm. But when you begin to take the bend of that corner, you have to time the point at which you accelerate the pedal, not to lose momentum. Mm-hmm. I think economically speaking, we are at that apex. We are approaching that apex. Mm-hmm. And the right time to press on the pedal to make sure we don't lose momentum mm-hmm. is a matter of timing. I think we slow down economically. Mm-hmm. We are navigating that bend. We are not yet at the apex to press on the gas. Uh, that's in our sights. Uh, but not yet, Eric. So some cautious optimism is what I'd say about the macro space. 
interesting as we look at the numbers and given the current environment uh, maybe you can mention a bit about how absa has been navigating this phase of the current crisis and uh, when i look back i think the bank took some actions with regards to cost cutting and part of that involved huge huge investments in digital transformation and automation initiatives will you say these initiatives have begun to pay off thanks eric i think uh, in any crisis if you're a financial institution that has got prudential regulation around capital with shareholders and you're listed and you take loans or you take deposits and you advance loans and therefore you carry credit impairments which are function of where the economy is at and how the economy is performing i think three things are very important first is the integrity of the balance sheet secondly is right sizing your costs and dealing with excess capacity and thirdly is correctly timing the investment cycle investment and growth cycle so so for us as absa we took the decisive decision not to declare dividend in 2020 financial year to make sure that we position the balance sheet by taking our provisions three times making sure that we are provisioned for the performing but also the non-performing loans to make sure that we stress test our capital and we are ready for whatever the future may hold those are very decisive action today we can increase our assets by 30 percent without touching the minimum capital ratio holding everything else constant. So that tells you that our balance sheet is very strong. We want to believe we have a fortress balance sheet. Mm -hmm. So we take that box in terms of integrity of the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. In terms of right-sizing costs and dealing with excess capacity, mm -hmm. again, decisive actions where we took a billion shillings of costs to restructure our organization, uh, to make sure we don't have excess capacity. COVID or no COVID, there's capacity we do not need. Mm -hmm. Again, another big tick. Lastly, in terms of timing the investment and growth cycle, I think it's all about digitization. Uh, absolutely, you're right. We have to change our ways of working. Today, with the bots, the robotics that we implemented in our back office, close to 45 to 50% of our operations is bots-driven. No human intervention, straight through, automated and simplified. That takes out costs in the back office. Over 80% of our transactions are outside the branch. So the real estate that underpins banking is over time becoming obsolete and we are taking the right actions around that. We've invested in cloud-based systems in our HR operations and our finance operations, which is new also. This translates in our numbers and you're seeing it in our cost-to-income ratio, efficiency ratio, which is at 46%. The best that bank has recorded over the last 10 years. So I think from positioning the bank within a crisis in terms of integrity of the balance sheet, right-sizing costs dealing with excess capacity, and lastly, timing investment growth cycle, and then digital transformation. We're very pleased at where we are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say the work is done. There's a lot ahead of us, but the momentum is clear, and we're very pleased uh, with what we've been able to achieve last year and Q1 of this year. Interesting. I think also looking at the numbers, we've seen a huge jump in deposit, customer deposits, if I'm not wrong. And uh, part of the reports that have been coming out from the central bank is that there has been an increase in deposits as people still stay cautious with regards to how they manage their finances and a number of things, including cost cutting. And that brings me to a point whereby APSA recently launched its asset management unit after receiving uh, the regulatory approval. 
from a strategy standpoint what necessitated this and how are you planning to, to max this opportunity of uh, offering investors or your customers more returns for their cash i think at the strategic level we care about who we want to become we want to become a holistic financial services group that is diversified between consumer and wholesale and that diversification helps us hedge our business onto various economic cycles when the economies are not doing too well when economies are subdued retail banks lose money wholesale banks make money when economies are going through boom cycles the inverse is true retail banks make money wholesale banks which rely on volatility mainly do not make much of revenues with a 50-50 diversification retail wholesale no matter the economic cycle we will have a smooth and predictable revenue profile so at the strategic level that is what we want to achieve then it leaves us to ask the question what are we missing in our retail wholesale diversification to achieve a 50-50 mm-hmm. from today 5446 mm-hmm. and building up our institutional business is one thing that we must continue to do mm-hmm. so asset management is very strategic in its nature to offer investment products to retail and institutional clients to make sure that we drive towards that 50-50 diversified holistic financial services group. So at the strategic level is the the right thing to do. The industry, the pension industry is close to 1.4 trillion shares. This is money that is managed by fund managers. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that. Fund managers manage this money and earn a return for shareholders mm-hmm. of those fund managers. Mm-hmm. We want to go into that space. Our retail our customers hold deposits but there are some that need sophisticated unit trust or investment products mm-hmm. that we want to offer in the retail space to make sure that deposits don't move from the banking space or our bank mm-hmm. to unit trusts that are underwritten or managed by non-bank uh, financial players again clients need this proposition mm-hmm. uh, we are very pleased at the timing in which we launched it uh, i think there is an investment and a savings culture mm-hmm. that is developing within the psyche of the consumer in the market um if you manage to distribute a low cost mm-hmm. given the opportunities we see i think we are right on the money but at the strategic level we must be a holistic financial services group that is diversified 50-50 retail wholesale mm-hmm. to hedge ourselves against varied economic cycles uh, and we like that diversification and we are driving towards that we are very clear about it about what to achieve there Great. I think another theme that I thought it's important we touch on will be on the banking sector outlook. I think with the onset of the pandemic, a lot of sectors were hit in a massive, massive way, especially the hospitality industry, education. The banking sector, I think, given that it supports a big percentage of the economy, uh, would you say from your end that the banking sector has been resilient uh, compared to most of the sectors? And maybe the last point you can touch on is how say ABSA is well positioned to support economic recovery post the COVID-19 new normal, given the growth in both the balance sheet and uh, basically your financial position. So the first thing to say, Eric, is that in this part of the world, banks are inextricably intertwined with the economy because 85 to 90% of the financing that goes through this economy comes from banks not capital markets so we can only be as successful as the economy and the economy can only have that upbeat momentum if the banking sector is strong and this is unique to kenya not so much in international markets where capital markets underwrite most of economic activity uh in terms of the banking sector i think you've seen 
NPLs of a gross loans at about 14.2%. Not too badly off through a, a moment where banks are taking credit provisions mm -hmm. and hoping to write back some of those provisions, which is an upside when you look at it. Mm -hmm. At upside, that ratio is single digits. So we are better than the industry in terms of our NPLs and our provisioning. As I said earlier, a strategic decision we took in terms of our provisioning. Mm -hmm. as, as I think about then the recovery cycle, mm -hmm. banks are going to be part of the solution to the recovery cycle, mm -hmm. which is different than the global financial crisis, which is you know, 10, 15 years ago, mm -hmm. where banks were actually the problem, they needed to be bailed out, therefore they couldn't be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. This time is different. We have a medical crisis that has created an economic travesty that requires banks to underwrite the recovery because we have to extend our balance sheet to small businesses, to consumers, to large businesses, help business, help governments underwrite their recoveries, and banks are part of this solution. I think the biggest tailwind that this recovery is going to have is if banks shift their power of decision-making slightly towards the consumer, towards the economy, almost underwriting economic recovery in uncertain environments where shareholder returns might be subdued. So there's going to be a bit of need of short to long-term trade-offs here, mm -hmm. but banks are part of this solution. We have to ask ourselves, do we give up a bit of the returns we make so long as we break even on the cost of capital and make, maybe generate some upside on that cost of capital to make sure that we can underwrite some of the weaker sectors of the economy and provide moratoriums and payment holidays and extend credit on a secure basis so we win together over the long term. It's unlikely that if banks do not take the step of shifting the power of their balance sheet slightly towards the economy, but the recovery cycle will take, will take longer than otherwise would have if we extend the power of our balance sheet to underwrite economic recovery. At terms of we are very, very committed. Last year, we lent 103 billion shillings in a subdued macro environment. On top of that, we extended 60 billion of uh, payment holidays. Most of those are matured. We are not seeing most of our customers coming back for more. It's a very small number, 5 billion out of 60 billion. It tells you most of our customers have gotten back to their normal activity, mm -hmm. but we're going to extend our balance with the capital we have and the resources we have to be part of the solution of economic recovery, uh, because I think that's what's going to be different this time, Eric. Okay, uh, that's it for today, Moses. It's always a pleasure, man, to chat with you about uh, what's happening in the banking sector and the financial markets. Uh, looking forward to having another session again with you. Thank you, Eric.